Welcome to Deep Water. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. We're actually starting a new series this week. And you may, yep, so you can tell. Uh, I, I always, I, like, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to surprise you, make you guess, and I forget that the, the, the sound guys are up and they put everything up there. But, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about the book of Hebrews this week um, because we're studying. I, and so, you know, most of you know, we had a little bit of a tornado at the house, and, uh, and so we've still been putting things together since that. It's just, it's sort of this crazy kind of thing. And, and so yesterday after, you know, I, I got home in the evening, I did, um, you know, I, with the pandemic, you know, it was so hard to get gym equipment and everything, I came up with a new exercise program. It's called Whole Fit. And so you just dig a hole full of, and take dirt from it, and you put it in a wheelbarrow and wheel it across your yard and dump it somewhere else. And... Um, it, I'll tell you, every little bit of Jeff hurts right now, uh, and I work out on a regular basis, but there's something about, like, moving dirt that's really hard, and, you know, I'm not complaining. I, I guess I could have done something, because, I mean, it was good exercise, right? And I got done what I needed to do, because I got some erosion problems I'm trying to fix, but really, in the end, I was like, you know, what I, I could really use would be, like, a skid steer, you know, with a little bucket thing, because I could pick dirt up and everything. And so wheelbarrow and shovel is good. Skid steer is better, right? Be because it's, it's more powerful. And, and that's really what we're talking about in the book of Hebrews is skid steers. No, that, that Jesus is better. And, and, you know, there's a lot of things we do. Uh, there's a lot of things, religious things people do. But ultimately, Jesus is better. He's so much better. He's infinitely better. And that's the little, for those of you who are math people, uh, it, you, you like the infinity symbol. Uh, yeah, there you go. Show a little love for you. Uh, but one of the a commentators said this. He said, um, Jesus Christ and the Christian life he gives us are better because these blessings are eternal and they give us a perfect standing uh, before God. And, and so Hebrews is an interesting book, and if you haven't studied it, of course, it is the justification of why men should make coffee. It says right there in the Bible, Hebrews. Sorry, I had to get the one bad joke in before the sermon finished. Uh, don't, I got plenty more time. No. I, <laughs> if history proves correct, there will be lots more bad jokes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, history repeats itself. Anyway, uh, you know, Hebrews 1 through 4, it's interesting because it kind of, the first, you know, four, four verses, they're really just one long sentence. I thought about could I break it up a little bit, but in the Greek, it's, it's one really long sentence, uh, which is proper in Greek. If you were like writing a paper and did this longest sentence, they'd probably be like, oh, that's a run on and, and, and mark you off. But it, it's this one long sentence, and it really, it'll introduce some of the themes. So if you kind of go away from today's message going, hey, Jeff, I wish you talked a little bit more about this, or I wish you dug into that a little deeper, we're going to do that. Uh, but it's just going to take a little time because Hebrews is a long book. We're going to be in it for seven years. I'm kidding. <laughs> you never know. It sounded good. Anyway, so we're just going to jump in. Hebrews chapter 1, starting at verse 1, says, Long ago God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And, and now in these final days he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son he created the universe. 
The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the sun is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. And so, you know, he spoke through the prophets. Now, I often, I don't, it's funny, I, I, I got a new Bible, I was so excited because it was large print and I could read it from the pulpit. Uh, well, we don't really have a pulpit, we have a music stand. <laughs> we're, we're like the low budget church. But, <laughs> you've heard of church on the move? We're church on the budget. But, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, I, 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 love, I, I love an actual physical Bible because there's something about like the pages and things. And this is like, I'm starting to sound like an old man, right? You know, some of you are like, you are old, Jeff. But, you know, th there's something about the physical page, I love it. We talked about last week, anybody remember what psalm we did? Man, nobody. You, 119. It was this really cool psalm because it really kind of goes through, you know, the word of God and how it changes us. And so I, I got, I had my new Bible. I was all excited. And then I left it at home today. But that's good because that means I was using it during the week. Uh, anyway, so, you know, there, there's the, you know, the, the Bible is divided into two. There's the, what we call the Old Testament, or I often call it, anybody know? The Hebrew Bible, because it, it's the section that was written in Hebrew. And sometimes when you say Old Testament, it sounds like it's not relevant anymore. Like that's old school. We don't do that anymore, you know. <laughs> or, or, you know, I heard it this week. Someone called it, and I've heard it before. Um, uh, what did they call it? <laughs> it wasn't the Old Testament. They called it uh, the, the, the Older Testament. Uh, First Testament, that's it. <laughs> and so, you know, we have the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the, the, the First Testament. And the idea is, you know, Jesus is, is new revelation in that when you, when you read the Old Testament, you read the Hebrew Bible, and then you, you see the New Testament, you kind of get like light bulb turns on, and you go, ah, oh, that's what that was about. Ah, oh, that's what was going on there. And it's a fuller revelation to God. But God did speak in the Old Testament. And a lot of times, too, we get confused because we think the Old Testament is just about God's, like, judgment and, you know, gonna, you know, uh, and then like, the New Testament is like love, like Jesus in a, in a little Volkswagen van driving around going, hey man, we love you. But <laughs> God's love is revealed in both. And, and, and so both are really important. And so the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible speak, speaks of God's love. God speaks. God doesn't stay aloof and far off. You know, there, there's a belief, and most of us are probably not deists, although that's a, that's a thing. <laughs> there is sort of Christian deism, which would be a whole other sermon for a whole other time. But the, the idea of deism, if you, if you study all your world religions, which I know most of you do constantly, is the idea in philosophy is, you know, God kind of created the world, spun it, and walked away. And, and so some people kind of treat God that way. You know, anyway, they kind of just assume he's sort of aloof and far off. You kind of hope for the best, but you, you don't really expect interaction with him but but the god of the universe when we come to faith in him he comes he lives inside of us and, and he interacts with us because he has this this great love for us our god speaks and interacts um every time i read the the hebrew bible the old testament i wonder you know it, it's kind of funny when you hear people like worshiping idols right like you're like why would you like carve an idol and you know worship that and if you read you know when the when the, the Israelites, they come into the promised land, and they often, like, they start off okay, and then they end up worshiping other things, and then bad things happen, and then they kind of come back to God, and then they kind of grow, like, the next generation's like, ah, and they go back to idols, and I always, like, wonder about the idols, because they're like, 
Asherah poles. You're like, what in the world? Like, like you've got the God of the universe you're worshiping, but hey, give me a stick. I like that. <laughs> and I think Isaiah, Isaiah says it well. It says this in Isaiah chapter 44, starting verse 16. Talk about after a guy who cuts down a tree, he goes, he burns part of the tree to roast his meat and keep himself warm. And he says, ah, that fire feels good. And then he takes what's left and makes a God, a carved idol. He falls down in front of it, worshiping and praying to it. Rescue me, he says, you are my God. Uh, this is, I, I like, I like sometimes, because I think we think the Bible is like all formal and, you know, but I, I like how he says this, he says, such stupidity and ignorance. <laughs> you didn't think that was a Bible verse, did you? Like, <laughs> you know, God is love, just stupidity and ignorance. No, not that they're the same, but <laughs> their eyes are closed and they cannot see, their minds are shut, and they cannot think. The person who made the idol never stops to reflect, why? It's just a block of wood. I burned half of it for heat and used it to bake my bread and roast my meat. How can he the rest of it be a god should i bow down and worship a piece of wood um and it's kind of a funny thing if you read the the, the bible there it, it's this funny thing but before we laugh because it's funny right okay maybe after we laugh some of you just go ha that's funny but here's the thing we laugh but often we do the same things right because you know <laughs> uh you know john calvin i'm not a calvinist but this is a great quote for him is the human heart is a perpetual idol making factory and we take a lot of the created things and we put them in front of god you know and we talked last week about it's really easy when you're down and you're feeling uh what do we do we turn to netflix not um the 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 word of god and in so many ways we do that um and so often you know how many times have we placed something made uh in priority over the one who made all things it's a, but our God is alive and active. God speaks. God reveals himself to us. That's especially true in Jesus. Uh, but again, again, that's also true in, in the Hebrew Bible, uh, the, the, the Old Testament, the First Testament. Uh, and, and so some people are, are sort of tempted to ignore the, the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the first. I'm just going to say Hebrew Bible, because if I, if I keep saying all three of those things, it's going to make it three times as long a sermon for no reason. Uh, <laughs> but because we have the New Testament, but you know, Psalm 119 again last week, we, the, we see that the Word of God is good. It transforms. And, and you know, it, it's this, this awesome thing that God has spoken to us. But even when we read Psalm 119, you know, you're, you're kind of aware of that that was written in the, the Hebrew Bible time. So you know, we didn't even have the New Testament. God spoke all through that. He, he transforms us. He says he spoke in many ways. You know, God spoke to us. There were prophetic speech. There was visions. You know, there, there's uh, all, all kinds of things. There's theophanies, which is a technical term for still small voice. There's, if you read the Hebrew Bible, there's all these cool ways God spoke to his people. But, um, and then there's all these different types of literature, which I love to talk about, you know, because the Bible is full of the, these narrative experiences, prophetic speech, wisdom, and Proverbs, song, uh, you know, songs and psalms. Um, but, but it also like, points to, here he goes, in the, now in these final days. Now, you might be thinking final days, like it's the end right like like I, maybe a guy you picture the guy with a sign anybody ever like be in the city and see the guy the, the end is near well it, it's nearer than it was the day before so he's kind of right <laughs> but but by final days it's not to mean that like it's it's all going to end tomorrow i mean it may it may wrap up before i end this sermon you know some of you're like that's good because it's a long sermon and you know you said you're going to go seven years through hebrews but <laughs> um th there's this we're kind of in the, this time between his Jesus' first coming and his second coming is, is these last, day, last days, and we sort of live in this, this already and not yet, because the kingdom of God has come, Jesus showed up, 
but it's already it's also not yet because it's not fully realized and not everything is is right <laughs> and there's this time where jesus is kind of going back and we're looking at that and it says he's spoken to us through his son and you know um i i constantly read the gospels and, and I, I told you that too. And if you, if you come to church here very long or you listen to us online, you, you'll, you'll find that Jeff occasionally references the gospel. I, there's probably only a half dozen times in any sermon that I don't quote the words Jesus, right? Like, I, I color coordinate my notes because I'm all like Pinteresty like that. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually, you know, you have certain Bibles that has like Jesus' words in red. I, I always put Jesus' words in red just because, like, when I'm reading, I can look down and focus sometimes and find it faster. And, and, I, and I, so I, it's not like, 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 like a requirement that Jesus' words have to be in red. The original text, it's not like Paul had two pens and he's writing, he's, hey, I'm going to quote Jesus now. <laughs> pull out my red pen. Uh, but, you know, I, I, like, I like it in different color because I like it to pop. And almost every sermon I ever preach has lots of red stuff in it. Not, not the red stuff some of you get on your essays because you, you know, <laughs> you corrected stuff and got things wrong. Do teachers still grade with red pens? You, some might. It, I always felt like bad. Like I'd get, I'd get a lot of red all over. It would look like, you know, <laughs> festive. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I always use a blue pen when I grade because, you know, it seems calmer than red just seems like, man, a bad thing. But, you know, red, we, you know, because we want Jesus' words because that is the, the full revelation of who God is. And that's why we spend a lot of time in the Gospels. We teach through the Gospels. There's always stories of Jesus coming back in. I promise you there will be some more today. <laughs> um, <laughs> but here's the thing. As awesome as the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible is, you know, and, and there's so much we can learn from it, right? Like, there's, there's layers and layers of things. Some of you are, like, into trivia stuff, and, like, you'll, you'll figure out all these, like, kind of, oh, you know, who's the first king after the whatever? I, I had this, this dude, I, he was awesome, and he would, like, ask you, like, the most obscure biblical questions when I was in seminary. We went to this church, and I'd, sometimes I'd be just like, dude, I gotta look that up. I don't, that was before Google. We couldn't Google it. I had to try to figure some, you know, but it's like, you know, there's all these trivia things, and I, and I have friends who are really into the Old Testament stuff, and they're like, well, this festival after this, I mean, most of us read, like, it's the third month after the whatever festival, and you're like, I just need a chart to break this down. But there's people who like write those charts. I, those are like good things, you know, lot, lots of interesting information. And, and it, it's, it's beneficial for New Testament believers to look back on that and, and grab that and go, hey, that's good stuff, right? But here's a funny thing, and I see this all the time. Um, <laughs> people look back on that, and I can't tell you how many Christians I've known who are like, yeah, and now we need to start living under the law again. <laughs> you know, and they start like, uh, you know, we can't, all, we don't have to offer sacrifices, but we have to do this and this and this and this and this. I remember I was watching this guy. I'm like a late night person sometimes because some days I fall asleep. I take a nap. If you know me long, you know I take a nap. You know, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I try not to nap. I mean, almost every Sunday, Jeff takes a nap because there's just something about Sunday. It's, it's you know, Jesus took naps. You know, he was in the back of the boat sleeping during the storm. You know, I'm just saying, I got theological precedent for this. But, you know, um, but sometimes because of that, I'd wake up, and especially when the kids were little, and we had, like, public access TV. I, we don't really have that. We don't have cable anymore. But it's like, you know, you ever watch public access TV? You get some of the most interesting things on there. Because, like, there's some churches you're like, I do not know what they're doing. 
you know, and then you get some that you're like, man, this is great. I was listening to the sermon. It was a great sermon. I was like, this guy was preaching it, man. And I was like, man, this guy is nailing it, nailing it, nailing it. And then, then he goes, and that's why we don't eat pork. And I went, what? <laughs> Jesus died. Everything's clean. Now, you might say you don't like pork for some reason, like you just are an anti-Baconite. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Some of you, like, you know, don't like Scrapple. You know, you're new to Delaware. Have you had Scrapple yet? You got, you got to have, you got to come over, we'll cook it for you, because you might, you might have it in a restaurant, and you think it's not good, so I'll, I'll teach you what Scrapple is, uh, but, you know, like, Scrapple, you know, and it's kind of like, they want to take the law of the Old Testament, and kind of bring it back, and I'm just like, dude, you need to read Galatians, <laughs> you need to read Hebrews, because it really sets up, you know, Old Testament, good stuff, but, but Jesus is better, and that's, that's where we're going. We're, you know, we're talking about Jesus is better. The New Testament changes the way we see life. Now, most of you don't know, or maybe you do know, I wear contacts. Can you see them? Uh, no, you can't see them. That's, maybe some of you can. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> eagle eyes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wear contacts. So, and so I wear glasses a lot during the week and things. I just, you know, especially with COVID. Man, glasses were horrible with COVID. You're wearing a mask. It was like they just fog up, you know what I mean? Like you're like walking into stores. You're like, well, I'm touching everybody and everything because I can't see anymore. Uh, but anyway, so I, I, I remember one time I, 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 got, I got new glasses. And it was interesting because um, before, you know, uh, I thought I could see. And then I got the new glasses. And I could really see. Anyone ever had that experience if you have glasses? Like, you didn't realize your prescription had gone off a little. And then it's like, they put the, you're like, oh my gosh, my life is in HD now. And so, that, that, that's, Jesus is life with HD, man. Like, like it's, you, it's like a new way of glasses, a new way of seeing life. And, and it doesn't mean I don't appreciate the Old Testament. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate the stuff there, but Jesus is life in HD, man. We, we understand it fuller. Today we're going to take communion. Some of you got that little cup when you came in. If you didn't, don't worry. We'll get you, get you one in a minute. But, you know, we're, we take communion, and communion is, it, it's this, there was the Passover meal in the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew Bible, and, and when Jesus you know, celebrates it with his disciples before he dies, he gives it this newer and more advanced meaning, if you will, because you see, oh, it wasn't just about a meal you know, when Exodus, but it's about this forgiveness we have. Uh, a, we see it in a deeper, more detailed thing. And so Jesus is better. You know, Old Testament, Hebrew Bible, good stuff. Jesus is better. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see that. Um, now, some of you remember uh, talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. Anybody remember that? That was like one of those sermons. I remember the first time I had to preach on the Mount of Transfiguration. I was like, Man, I am really regretting the fact that we teach through the Bible right now. Because there's certain passages, like, you wouldn't preach if you didn't have to preach. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you get to some, you're like, oh, we're going to do the book of Mark. We're going to do the book of Luke. And you're going through there, and you're like, oh, huh. what do I do with that one? <laughs> uh, you know, and there was, there was even a psalm that I was like, I can't believe I want to do this, but people requested it, so we're going to do it. Uh, <laughs> but... Amount of transfiguration, it's kind of this, this funny, strange experience. And so I won't go into every detail of it. You know, I think I preached it, I don't know, you ask me, I'll, I'll send you the link to the sermon or something. But uh, it's a story, and I'm going to read it out of Luke. I think last time I preached it was out of Matt, probably out of Mark, because we did Mark, man. Like, it's like you start being saying things like just a couple years ago. And I know all of you remember every sermon I've ever preached in detail. So just 
think of that sermon for a second. It's like, it's funny, one half of the couple's going yes, the other half's going no. Uh, <laughs> sarcastically. Anyway, <laughs> Luke chapter 9. It says, it's about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to a mountain to pray. They're praying. The appearance of his face was transformed. His clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking to Jesus. Uh, <laughs> which is kind of a funny thing. Like, how did you know there were Moses and Elijah? Name tags? Like, like did you just know? I, I don't know. It's like a dream when, like, you know, you have a dream, and it's like someone doesn't look like someone, but you know it's them. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> uh, they were glorious to see, and they were speaking of this exodus of the world, which is about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. Uh, and so uh, Peter and the others had fallen asleep. You know, not a good nap. That was a bad nap. They probably should have stayed awake for Jesus. Uh, when they woke up, they saw Jesus' glory, and the two men standing beside him. Moses and Elijah were starting to leave. Peter, not knowing what he was saying. I like Peter because he says stupid things, because I say stupid things. I used to, like, pray for a great memory, Anyone, like, wish their memory was better and you pray for it, you love, you love had a good memory? I can't wait till I forget stuff now because I remember too many of the stupid things I've said. And can I get an amen from someone? <laughs> Whether I've said stupid things to you or you've said them to me or stupid things at work. Anyway, and, I, I, and we tend to remember those, like, usually late at night, like, just as we're laying down. That's when we're like, every stupid thing we ever said, you know, comes to mind. You're like, oh, great. That's awesome. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's a whole other story, a whole other sermon, a whole other time. But uh, he blurted out, Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters of memorial for you. One for Moses, one for Elijah. And then this cloud overshadowed them, terror gripped them. You know, it's whenever people come, come into the presence of God, like, they get scared. You know, we always have, like, I always have, like, an arrogant friend who's like, when I, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God this. I'm like, well, I don't know if you're getting there. But <laughs> second part is, I think when we get there, like, I've got all these questions that, you know, that I haven't figured out yet, but I don't think it's going to be the time for questions. I think I'm going to be like, whoa! It's going to be both terror and, like, awe, and, you know, God is amazing, and we've got eternity. I, maybe I'll get to the questions later. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Um, beyond my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, so they're, they're scared. And, uh, and, then, and then it says, then a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, my chosen one, listen to him. Now, here's the thing. God doesn't say, here's Moses and Elijah, listen to them. He doesn't say, listen to Moses, he had it right. He doesn't say, listen to Elijah, he understood it, right? Like, like the, the greatest prophets of the Old Testament are standing there, but next to Jesus, they ain't nothing. They're not even getting mentioned in the conversation. Uh, it's not that Moses and Elijah don't matter, but everything they did points to Jesus. You know, some of you might remember the story of the, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Um, and it, it's interesting because, you know, they're kind of like, Jesus does this, like, I don't know, Jedi mind trick thing on them. They don't see it's him. And they're like, they're, 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 they're talking to Jesus as he walks along. And they're like, oh, didn't you know everything was going on in Jerusalem? They're telling him about, you know, Jesus was cru you know, crucified. And he, he's like, explains to him the scriptures why all this must happen. And then he like, un-Jedi mind tricks them. They see it's Jesus. And they're all excited. And, you know, <laughs> they, they run back and tell everyone. <laughs> it, it, it's sort of that thing <laughs> that, um, you know, it all points to Jesus. Um, it, it says, and God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. Uh, now, just a little, little textual note here. Um, there's a lot of things, when you read the New Testament, it, those of you who like scholarly and reading stuff and everything, um, it, it just, the interesting is, often quote the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And if you, sometimes if you have a, like a physical Bible or a, a digital version, they have like little footnotes, 
And sometimes you'll see the, 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 the kind of links to the scriptures. And, and this is one, uh, there's a lot of times that Psalms are quoted. Uh, I think the Psalms is the most quoted um, book in the New Testament of the Hebrew Bible, actually. Uh, but this is actually a quote from Psalm 2.8, uh, or allusion to it. It says, you know, ask of me and I will make a nation your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. Uh, you know, okay, who here works? Okay. Do you have a boss? Do you have a flow chart? Some of you are like nodding hard, like, oh my gosh, they love flow charts at my home. Because there's always like that one person who likes flow charts. Anyone, anyone that person? Uh, you could probably sit down and flow chart us out a little bit. But you know, you have a flow chart and, and it all flows one way or another and you know, flows downhill when you did something wrong. But, but you know, if you follow, if you follow the flow chart, you know, there's someone at the top, right? There, there's someone who's answerable. Here's the thing, Jesus is at the top of the flowchart. You know, you know, it's not like some mystery, some great, Jesus is at the top of the flowchart. You know, <laughs> um, Jesus is at the top of every flowchart. Maybe, maybe not at work, because you still got to answer to your boss, but, but eventually, the, the master flowchart of the world, you know, Jesus is at the top of every flowchart. Now, and, you know, the prophets, all good. But when I don't understand something in the, the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament, it, you know, if the New Testament gives me something to kind of think about, I go back and I, and I understand it better in the light of that. Um, anyone ever go to a concert? I mean, before you knew Jesus, because now we don't go to concerts except Christian concerts. And, you know, uh, I know I know you went to some concerts. Some of you put on some concerts. But you, ever, you, know, you go to a concert and, um, you know, if the concert starts at 8 p.m. and you roll up at 8 p.m., what do you get? What? Lousy seats? Well, you, let's say, let's say you, you had reserved seats. You roll up. You're there when the concert starts at 8 p.m. What almost invariably happens? You have the opening act. Like, you usually, like, like if you're going to see, uh, you know, whatever your favorite band is, Backstreet Boys. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I was a heavy metal dude, so the only things I could think of were like, if you're going to see Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, you know, uh, you know if you're, you're going to see, you know, whatever your band is, there's this, there's the opening act, right? And they're of varying quality. Every once in a while, they are better than the actual band, and then there's been some tours, if you study, you know, history, they flipped. Uh, but generally, it's kind of like, they're, and they're, they usually try to book someone who's good, right? But, but it's really, it's not... You wouldn't, most of us wouldn't hear the opening act and then leave, right? Because you want, you came for the main performer. The, the Old Testament prophets, they're, they're the opening act for Jesus. <laughs> and ultimately, it all points to him. Uh, you know, we have a saying in our house, uh, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't have to live there very long. <laughs> um, it, we always say, you know, it's, it's all about Jesus. B because we often make it about us. But it's not, it's about him. And the sooner you orient your life in that way, it's just this better way of living. Um, he's better in every way. It says, through the sun, he created the universe. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about this in Colossians a while back, uh, starting in chapter 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through, God, through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. 
uh, uh, it says, verse 15 says in the NIV, the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now this trips us up mostly. When we talk about you know, Jesus as the sun, we're thinking like he came afterwards. Because, you know, generally if you know, we have a son, like we're thinking chronologically, the, the, you know, my father came first and then I came. And then the, the, my son came after me. But, but it's sort of language that I think it w- we'll pick apart some more, but it's sort of the more the words, it's prototokos, in case you're wondering. It means like firstborn, uh, preeminent, uh, superior. And it's not, it's, it's a metaphor for the sovereignty or rank, not actual son in the way we see things. Uh, you know, and so it's just, it radiates God's own glory, expresses the very character of God. Now, this is where it gets tricky because you have to kind of start talking about the idea of the Trinity. Now, the Bible doesn't say the word Trinity. Uh, that's actually Latin. It says, you know, Trinitas. And so we, we pick that up to try to understand because the, the scriptures reveal things about God that are sort of hard for us to understand. Because, you know, maybe you, you, you grew up going to church, you know there's a God, and you know there's a, you know, the Son, but you kind of, I, I missed at some point that Jesus was actually God too. Like, that, that's kind of a hard concept, right? Because you're like, well, wait, I thought God was God. But God is Jesus, but God is God. Did God, <laughs> you know, anyone else ever get confused? Okay, just, just two or three of you. Okay, then we'll just skip the rest of the sermon. Let's play. No. <laughs> uh, and we, we have all these analogies we use. Like the shamrock, it was, I think, St. Patrick came up with. Um, you know, it's the idea of, you know, there's three leaves to a clover, you know, and there's, there's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but there's still, there's one God. You know, some of you are probably, you have four-leaf clovers. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but, but, you know, or, or sometimes we use, like, the egg as an example, you know, because an egg, it's one thing, but there's, like, a shell the white part and the yellow part. I don't know what they're even called. <laughs> Yolk and egg white. They ought to come with like a better egg white. <laughs> Should be like yolk and the bulk. I don't know. It's something cool. <laughs> anyway, someone needs to make it. Or like for me, because I, I, I'm scientific by nature, I, I love science. Um, it's funny, I was at like open house, needed an open house virtually, and I'm like in the chemistry class, and the person who's teaching our, my kid chemistry is like, explaining what chemistry is, and I'm thinking, uh-huh, uh-huh, got a degree in that one. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they don't know. They just, I look like an idiot. I look dumb. I do, I do. I, it's okay. I, I, me- I remember in, in seminary, everyone kept offering to help me study, and I figured out later it's because they thought I was dumb. You know, I, I had a professor in college. In fact, I'll probably see him because he lives up in Pennsylvania now, and I get to, every once in a while I get together with him. I turned in a paper one time, and I had to go wrestle, and so I didn't get was there when the class came back. So I, I showed up later in the office, and I remember I walked in. He goes, hey, Jeff. He's like, I, really good paper. To be honest, I thought you were kind of dumb. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I looked at you and thought, wrestler, this guy's barely going to pass. Uh, <laughs> And he became a lifelong friend and mentor to me because I, I, love, I love the way he thinks academically. I love his frankness because if he had just said, good paper, son, yeah, I may not have like, hung out with him or whatever. Anyway, I, I kind of I, I look dumb. But I, I, I love, I love like, the triple point of matter. And this, for me, is the best way. In, f- in fact, I heard someone preach on this, and they were like saying, oh, the water's not a good al- analogy because there's like, the solid 
uh, liquid and gas, but they don't all exist at the same time. And I'm like, actually, they do at the triple point of matter. <laughs> uh, at a certain temperature and pressure, you know, all three exist. In case you're wondering, pure water, it's, uh, uh, I think it's 32.01 degrees or 0.01 degrees Celsius. They, they all kind of exist. And so that, that's sort of a helpful thing. Or, or the sun, people said it's, it's, it's light and it's heat. And, you know, uh, <laughs> there's been different ones. I, I like, and I know some people hate this. I actually got like messages like from people who don't even go here about this one and I, but i like it you know the the dollar store i you know i'm a man i only shop at the dollar tree like i i don't know what i'm gonna do when inflation hits and we have to get a two dollar tree or something uh you know but then i go to pennsylvania it's a dollar six store i hate that you know you're like ah i don't want to pay that six cents in tax i'm a delawarean am i tax exempt uh anyway but i buy the uh Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, all in one, baby. <laughs> I mean, you could probably wash your car with it. But it's, you know, I, I, I'm not making light of the trivia when I say this, but they're all kind of there. They have their function, but it's hard for us sometimes to discern. You know, I, I can't look at the body wash and go, well, that's the conditioner element, and that's the, the shampoo element. And, uh, but, it, you know, here's the thing. All analogies eventually break down. And, and again, we're trying to figure out, you know, who God is, and, and we're seeing that, you know, God is, the Father is God, Jesus, the Son, is God, the Holy Spirit who, who comes and lives inside us is God. Uh, now, and, and we all, we struggle with this. It's not like, you know, one, it's, because if we, if we think of them too much as, as separate, you know, it's like one, each of them is like one-third God, and, you know, those of you who don't know how to do fractions, one-third plus one-third plus one-third equals one. one. And so, they're, but they're all, but the truth is, they're, they're, they, they all are God on their own, but they're God together. And it, it's hard to explain because, it's hard to understand because it's not like us. And, and so if you don't understand the Trinity, you're okay. Uh, I don't really either. <laughs> but there's this three person. It says radiates God's own glory. Now, you know, we reflect God's glory in a sense. You know, we, 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 we hopefully people look at us and see Jesus in us. You know, some of us better than others. You know, I get paid to do it, so I, I reflect better than you. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a pastor, that was a joke. It wasn't meant to be anything theological. Just laugh a little, keep moving. Um, you know, but we radiates God's own glory. Jesus doesn't just reflect God's glory, he radiates it. Now, I'm going to have you all go outside right now. So stand. I'm kidding. <laughs> it would be a long sermon. It would take so long to get back. You'd be switching seats. You'd be fighting over who sat where. You know, we're, we're, we still got to figure out, you know, we have, we have chairs and we have pews. Who here likes chairs? Who here likes pews? It's funny, because you're not all sitting in the thing you like. I thought, <laughs> maybe we'll do like one half pews, one half chair. I don't know. We got this mix going on thing. Anyway, uh, but, you know, anyways, so you go outside. You look at, at that bright globe in the sky, okay? Um, it's called the sun. But don't look at it during an eclipse because that's a whole other thing and i got to pray for healing for you. Uh, but, and you have to go get eyeglasses. <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, um, but if you look at the bright, uh, shiny globe in the sky, are you looking at the sun or the light from the sun? You know, we really can't discern the difference, right? You're kind of looking at the sun, but you're kind of looking at the light from the sun. And that's, that, that's it. it. Jesus radiates God. 
We, we may not be able to discern the difference between the two. Uh, and so we reflect God in how we live. The Holy Spirit lives in me as a believer. Jesus doesn't reflect God. He, he radiates. You know, he, he is. It says the very character. Um, now, the, it's interesting. The word used here, and I don't like to always go into the words, but sometimes the words really give us an image of what the original writer was, was perhaps thinking when he wrote this. I don't want you to think you have to learn to like, read Greek. To understand the New Testament. You, you don't, but there are some cool insights sometimes and things that, that show up there, and so we are teaching Greek today after church at one, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, it would be fun. I, I tried to teach a Hebrew class in a church I was in one time, and like one person signed up. It was great. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, the cool word here, here you know, um, you know, it talks about, you know, he's, the, you know, he, that very character. It, it's kind of, the image is, um, do you guys know much about coins? Like you have some maybe? Uh, but originally, you know, I, I don't know how they're made now. They're probably like cast or something or does something. But back in the day, you'd get a chunk of metal that's the right size and you'd whack it with a hammer with the image you want on it, right? And so that, that you struck a coin. And that, that's sort of the idea. It's like, bang, you struck and it's a coin. Or, or maybe uh, for some of you, 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 maybe you're like more scrapbooker kind of people and you have like all those little stamps you guys got those? And, and who, admit it. Who's got the stamps? Lori's not here. She would admit it. <laughs> but you got the little stamp. You haven't used them? <laughs> How many people have started a scrapbook and not finished it? Can I get a name? How many of you finished your scrapbook? Both? <laughs> uh, anyway, but, you know, it's kind of a stamp. Or I was trying to think of something manly, so like a branding iron. Like, you know, it, it's, it's the image and what you get, the, the image is the very character. The very, it's what, what's on, the, what's on the, the item you strike things. What's on the, the stamp you use is the very image that you get. And that's, we get the very image of God through Jesus. The NIV says exact res, uh, representation. ASV says exact imprint. So he's like, if you wonder what God the Father looks like, we look to Jesus. The life of Jesus shows us. We talk so much about uh, Jesus and the Gospels because of that, because Jesus makes things clear. John 14, you know, Phil, Phil goes up to Jesus and he's like, hey, uh, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. You know, it's kind of an odd sentence, like, why are you saying that, Phil? Uh, Philip was his full name, but I'm, I'm shortening it to Phil because, you know, um, he's from Punxsutawney. So Jesus replied, uh, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to sh show him to you? So Jesus is God in the flesh. Uh, and if you want to know what God looks like, you look to Jesus. The nature of being of God is perfectly revealed. You want to know what God looks like? Study Jesus. You know, and so, so much of our image of who God is gets sometimes is shaped by the, our misunderstandings. But when we see Jesus in the New Testament, we see mercy, right? You know, Jesus, Jesus exhibits mercy, he has compassion, he heals lepers, there's love, there's kindness, there's gentleness, there's also godly and angriness as he flips over some tables, but we see who God is in, in that person, Jesus, and it says he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. He's in charge. He's the owner, he's the manager. I kind of picture this, uh, uh, you know, that, that sort of Jesus creates everything and he's kind of like holds it together. So I don't know if at the end of the time he just lets it go, you know, but, but somehow like, he holds it together. Like, and, and it's cool because if you like science, there's all these things like, like gravity. Like gravity's amazing, isn't it? You ever study it? 
Like, and you have all these equations for how it works and different things and how the gravitational thing, it's cool, (laughs) you know? But, you know, the reason we all don't just, like, fly off the planet (laughs) is because Jesus holds together. And there's, there's like, math to describe it all, which is just such an amazing thing, again, you know? I don't know if you've ever thought about it. Like, God created the universe in a way that we could create math that explains it all. Like, some of you are like, the math is beyond me. It probably is. But it's cool, just trust me. Uh, but, you know, he holds everything together. Uh, and, you know, he, you know, he, uh, you know I was, um, I use tools occasionally, uh, not as well as Bob, but, you know, we, we kind of, everybody see the wheelchair ramp outside? Woo, I built that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Josh and Bob and everybody else, and I helped that. But, you know, when, you, when you're using a tool, what do you need in the tool? What? You need some skills. You need to know what to do with it. But most modern tools, you know what you need? You need the battery. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's there's often I pick up a drill and it's like dead and you're like, ugh. When I was younger, I would like do everything by hand, but now I'm old and like, I'm just, I ain't got nobody got time for that. <laughs> Give me a drill that's got some power to it. And Jesus ultimately, he is the power, you know, uh, you know, and you know, Jesus is like the battery. He powers life. He, he makes it all work. Colossians 1.17, kind of going back to Colossians, says he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. And so you know, Jesus, he holds everything together. And it's amazing to see, you know, this God, he, he you know, he, he holds everything together. He, he keeps everything. And, and he, who he is, he's so much bigger, better than everything else. And I, I love, when I look at creation, I, I see God's handiwork. I see Jesus' hand marks on everything. I see his, his fingerprints. I, I love nature. Um, you know, it's funny because I'm as comfortable in like a library with musty books or the woods. I'm like an odd duck there. Like I, I love to be outside. I love to be in nature. Um, I go to meetings sometimes and instead of getting a hotel room, I sleep in the woods in a hammock. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm allowed to there. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I love being outside. I love, you know, I, I did a wedding. Oh my gosh. You guys see the, I posted a picture. It was a couple Man, it's probably a couple months ago now. I did it this summer, and it was like up at Brandywine, and oh, like the rolling hills and everything. I was like, man, it's beautiful. I love, I love to see. It. I love to hike outside, and I, I love to. One of the reasons I think I like hunting so much is like I just like to sit in a tree in the woods and watch wildlife. I do like to, you know, also take that wildlife home because it's cold and you want to keep them <laughs> warm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I love going to the beach. One of the best things about Delaware, like. Man, you could, you could live anywhere else. I, I lived in Pittsburgh for a while, and it was like six hours to the beach. That's hard. <laughs> Those of us who are beach people, right? Anyone? Beach people? No. I'm the only beach person. There's a couple beach people. Okay. A <laughs> couple of the 1010. Forgot the 1010. I forget you guys sometimes. Because you're like so on point with your lives, I don't have to preach to you. I'm just, <laughs> it's these folks. No. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm just trying to make the 1010 feel better. Um, <laughs> those of you who are online, there's two sections to our church. Uh, it's, it's the, uh, I've never, has anyone ever been to another church built like this? Like, it's like, there's like this section and then that one over there. I, I'm sure everyone watching online is like, why do they keep looking to the right? <laughs> um, I'm out of alignment. Anyway, uh, you know, it says Jesus says, says he cleansed us from our sins. And we talk a lot about this. Uh, We will talk a lot about this. You know, everything was created perfect, but it gets screwed up. 
And ultimately, Christ is supreme, and therefore his sacrifice is supreme. And there's nothing that we can do to add to it. And, you know, <laughs> um, a lot of times when we come to Christ, you know, people think, you know, you're adding God to your life. And it's not really adding God to your life. Like, truly becoming a disciple of his is centering your life on Christ. And it's, it's about him and his life, what he wants uh, for you, not just, you know, doing religious things or going to church on Sunday. Uh, uh, you know, it's, yeah, anyway. Uh, verse 4 says, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Um, Psalm 110 says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. And Jesus sits down ultimately because it's all done. And here's the thing. The, the more you learn about Christ, and, and we're going to learn more about him in the book of Hebrews, the bigger he gets. Because you understand more and more of who he is, you understand how awesome he really is. Now, anyone ever read the Chronicles of Narnia? I'd never read them. You really think I would. I've watched some of the movies. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's some cool quotes in there, man. I, I'm always finding it's cool. cool and so here's one. Um, C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia. They're children's books that really kind of explain who, who God is. Aslan, if you don't know, is, is like a lion, but he represents God. And so the, Lucy's this little girl. Um, anyway, so Aslan said, Lucy, you're bigger. Uh, that is, because you're older, little one answered uh, Aslan. Not, be, not because you are. I'm not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. See, Aslan didn't grow. But he seems bigger, not smaller. Because the more you understand who God is, the more we grow in Christ, the more we grow up, the bigger we'll see Jesus is. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember um, when I started going to a different church uh, than I grew up in, and I, I, still, I still remember, and I've told you guys this story, I remember, like, it was a little weird for me you know, because, like, you kind of, you're used to certain things and certain ways of doing things, and, and it's like, uh, you know, I remember, I was like, man, they talk about Jesus, like, all the time. Like, like, why don't they talk about the rest of God, or, you know, like, why don't they talk, you know, it was, like, confusing to me, like, why, why do they talk about Jesus all the time? Uh, <laughs> they did, because that's what Christianity is about. It's about Jesus, finished work on the cross, it's about what he did, <laughs> and I remember uh, years ago, I had a friend who, um, you know, he's, he definitely struggles with faith. I don't think he's uh, on this side of it. And, and we're talking about things, and we're talking about, you know, some of you know, I, I go and I, I teach um, <laughs> in Africa. And he was like, so in Africa, do they have, like, Jesus in their Christianity? Um, and I was like, well, without it, it would just be eanity. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he thought it was funny. I thought it was. <laughs> Because if you take Christ out of Christianity, you just got eanity, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> but the point is, I, friend, but I don't think he got it. You know, he, he doesn't, you can't take Jesus out of Christianity. You just, get, you get insanity, baby. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. I'll make a quote with that. Someone quote me on that. Put it on Facebook. I don't care. You know, and, and ultimately, though, we have this Savior, and, and we respond to him. So you may not understand all the bigness of Christ. You know, and hopefully through this series, we're going we're gonna to hit some big things. We're going to hit some, some cool stuff. And, and you'll, you'll, pick, you'll see more of who Jesus is. But even if you 
you, you only get this much, man, like go after that much. It, it's, you know, <laughs> the more you learn about Christ, the bigger you'll see him. The more we learn about Christ, ultimately we continue then to live differently for him.